how is everyone tonight? This is Ronnie Johnson. I'm here with Sean Smith. We're going to talk a little fantasy football. We're going to do it IDP style. How are you doing, Sean? Doing good. I, well, my year's done, but I'm still doing good. So I'm out of the playoffs, out of the toilet bowl, and pretty much out of the running. But that's how it goes. Maybe there's something to do with having a podcast where everybody in your league listens. <laughs> so they know who I'm going to bid on and pick up, but no excuses. I've, my season's about done. So already looking on to next year, but I'm going to keep the show going and keep, uh, keep the news for everybody that's still got the playoffs. We're down to pretty much two weeks in, in most people's uh, fantasy football leagues with the semifinals this week and then the championship game next week. So hopefully we can help some people win their leagues. All right, so uh, starting off with news and notes. Again, there's no bye weeks, uh, but we do have an interesting week. We have a Thursday game, two Saturday games, 12 Sunday games, and, of course, the one Monday night football game this week. So lots of days of football. That ought to be nice. Uh, in, in player news, we got Detroit quarterback Matt Stafford. He might not play because of rib, a rib injury this week. Uh, Pittsburgh's running back James Conner, he's got a leg injury, so not – not sure if he's going to play this week. Uh, Houston safety, Justin Reed, he's out the rest of the year with a hand injury. And Philadelphia safety, Rodney McLeod, he left last game's uh, last week's game with a knee injury. So not sure if he's going to play this week either. So that's it for news and notes. Do you have anything to add to that? No, I think you covered it all. It's been kind of a quiet other than all the COVID stuff. Yep, that's that's rampant. Oh, one, uh, one news and note from non-NFL, so college football. Uh, the Pac-12 was set to have their championship game this week, and it was supposed to be the Washington Huskies versus USC Trojans. And Washington had a COVID issue, so they got booted from their championship game. So Oregon's going to take their place in the championship game uh, because <laughs> Washington has COVID. So that's, that's an interesting twist to see. COVID affect a championship game like that, but game's got to be played. So even if the second place team comes in from the North, it still has to go forward. So that I thought that was interesting to see that kind of a move happen. Um, all right, let's look at the, you know, the years about wrapped up here in the NFL. Uh, so there's a lot of races going on in terms of who's going to win the league uh, lead in sacks pass defenses, solos, interceptions, and then there's some offensive stuff, but I'm not going to get into that, um, like rush yards and touchdowns. Who cares? So um, let's start off with the – and I don't know. If you don't want to guess, I can just name these off, but I'll give you one to guess, like the, the sacks. Right now, who's got the NFL lead in sacks? Oh, my guess – and I haven't looked, so it puts me at a disadvantage – I am going to go Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald has 12 and a half sacks to lead the league with TJ Watt at 12 oh. right behind him. So Aaron Donald is basically a half a sack in the lead, but TJ Watt right on his tail. Those two pretty much have a, a good size lead. So it'd have to take like a Hassan Reddick game for most people to take over, man. Can you <laughs> believe that five sacks? And somebody on had him on our on their bench the in our bench. league. <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't me. Yeah, that person still won, but still they had uh, Hassan Reddick with five sacks on their bench. What was it like seventy points in our league, something like that? Nuts. Yeah. 
All right, so uh, pass defense, no change really from last week. There was a three-way tie last week, and surprisingly, there's still a three-way tie this week. All uh, James Bradbury, the Juice, Xavier Howard, and Carlton Davis all each got one more pass defense, and so they're still tied with 17 now to lead the league. Uh, solos, uh, I don't have last week's information in front of me, but it's Roquan Smith, monster game. He was one of my studs of the week, him and Foyasada Luakon. Uh, and he showed out a bunch of solos and a couple of sacks. So big game for Roquan Smith. But he has 85 solos to lead the NFL right now. And then interceptions. I think this is the same guy as last week, Xavier Howard. He's got nine now. He's got five straight games with an interception. And I think he'll make an appearance on the waiver wire because not too many people have picked up Xavier Howard. Even five straight games with an interception isn't enough. So crazy those who are leaders and we're not going to get into the offensive leaders because who cares but another <laughs> big topic we're getting towards the end of the year so there's a lot of other races going on like defensive rookie of the year so i think uh you shared your list with me and my list is about the same but i added a couple of people so here's my list because it covers everybody on your list as well we've got washington defensive lineman chase young uh Baltimore linebacker, Patrick Queen. Carolina safety, Jeremy Chin. Tampa Bay safety, Antoine Winfield Jr. And this is where I've added a couple guys that you don't have. Washington safety, Cameron Curl. Again, he hasn't played, or he hasn't really started most of the year until um, ah, the other guy got hurt. I already, already forgot his name. And then Los Angeles Rams safety, Jordan Fuller. So those are my six defensive rookie of the year candidates a couple of people had to lose their spot because they just couldn't compete with everybody else here so again it's chase young patrick queen jeremy chin antoine winfield jr cameron curl and jordan fuller so do you uh, want to give me your top three finishes first second and third place for these guys and then we'll tally up the vote and see where where they stand in our voting you betcha. So I was really debating. I just went off of our point system. Jeremy Chin leads the way at 214, Queen 209, and then Chase Young been on fire at 154 as a defensive line. So I decided most valuable player to the team. You know, Jeremy Chin's kind of had the surprise, so I'd rank him one. Okay. And then uh, I want it just Chase Young has been so dominant lately, and that's what's expected. So I put him two. And then the guy I picked last time, Mr. Queen, at number three. Not bad. Well, that actually makes it pretty easy because I have Jeremy Chin as the defensive rookie of the year, number one, as well. And then my second was also Chase Young, so we both agree there. <laughs> and my third place was actually Cameron Curl for Washington, and your third place was Patrick Queen. So our voting is going to be pretty easy. We have pretty much an agreement that Jeremy Chin is our defensive rookie player of the year. Our <laughs> second place defensive rookie of the year is Chase Young. Now Chase Young's a D line and it's arguably a lot harder for a defensive lineman uh, as a rookie than any other position, but he was still our second place. And then our third is a tie between linebacker, Baltimore linebacker, Patrick Queen and Washington safety, Cameron Curl. Man, that Washington defense, they are on fire late, lately with, uh, was it Chase Young had a big fumble return for a touchdown? <laughs> Pretty good. Yep. 
And Cameron Curl, the other rookie, had a pick six for a touchdown on just a horrible pass by Nick Mullins. I mean, the receiver was running downfield, and Nick Mullins throws it short. So they're pretty much the defense was the only – and it was softball too. So, I mean, it wasn't even a hard throw, so it was pretty easy to pick. So, anyway, that's our rookie of the year uh, voting. And I think we're, we'll probably finalize it there because not much is going to change over the next two weeks. So let's move on to our pick six update. Not the greatest week. We both did three and three. And we both pretty much picked everything the same. That's why we're both three and three. Our tiebreaker that was different was I had Jacksonville plus seven and a half, and you had Tennessee minus seven and a half. So you win our tiebreaker, <laughs> and you win our pick six. Tennessee just destroyed Jacksonville. So congratulations on your first pick six win in like three weeks. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> all right. Do you have anything else to add before we get into the all-famous all-buffet team? I sure don't. Let's see how you've done this week. Very, very few linebackers, even though we had people like Hassan Reddick, who had a monster game. He's only an on, honorable mention. Uh, but I've only got four linebackers on the on the Alba Faye team. A bunch of D-line and a bunch of DBs. And there's almost always a bunch of DBs. So starting us off with defensive linemen on the Alba Faye team. So getting a, cat, a stat in four different categories. Uh, we have our second place runner-up uh, defensive rookie of the year, Chase Young, made the list. He had uh, just every category. He had uh, two solos, four assists, one forced fumble, fumble recovery, two pass defenses. I love those. The fumble return for a touchdown that was 47 yards and a sack. So all around, all buffet monster there. And then uh, Josh Sweat, another, another young guy. I think he's a second-year guy out of Philly. He had a couple of sacks, four and one, and a forced fumble. Chris Jones for Kansas City. He had himself a pretty good game, plus a safety, a sack, and a PD. Olivier Vernon, you know, Miles Garrett's still playing, but Olivier Vernon's getting more time again. He showed up with a couple of sacks. Uh, Javon Hargrave, this is a new name. He had a couple of sacks, a fumble recovery, and a few handful of tackles. Deron Payne, he actually led to a lot of these turnovers in the Washington game, but he made the Alba Faye list with uh, just one solo, four assists, a sack, a fumble recovery, a forced fumble, and a PD. So a lot of categories for him. Tyson Alualu for Pittsburgh. Not great numbers, but he got the, the necessary to make the Alba Faye team with a sack and a forced fumble in his tackles. Jason Pierre-Paul, the, uh, the legend. He didn't have uh, more than one in any category, but he had a lot of categories. One and one on his solos assist, one sack, a fumble recovery, and a forced fumble. And then Alden Smith for Dallas. He had the 78-yard fumble return for a touchdown and a handful of tackles, just one solo, two assists, I guess, and the fumble recovery. So those are our defensive linemen. Pretty big list, uh, but some nice performances at a D-line. What do you think of those guys? I agree. I just kind of chuckled because we're talking about how great New Orleans was going to have a good week this coming, going against Philadelphia, and no one got in double digits. No. But the Philadelphia guys, I mean, Philadelphia showed up. They, yeah. They had a couple of defensive linemen that had pretty good games, but only Josh yeah. Sweat was to only made uh, the Alpha Fay team. All right, linebackers, this is a quick one. Uh, Kenny Young for the Los Angeles Rams, 6-2 line, a sack, an interception that he took back 79 yards for a touchdown. And, of course, his pass defense. Khalil Mack, your guy, he had a 1-1 line, a sack, a safety, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery, and a pass defense. So he, 
he was notching up almost everything. Just needed an interception. Uh, Jalen Smith for Dallas, pretty good overall game. He had an 8-3 line, a force or a fumble recovery, and a pass defense. And Marcus Golden for Arizona, 2-0 line, a sack, uh, one forced and one fumble recovered. And then the honorable mentions, like I mentioned earlier, Hassan Raddick, man, five sacks. He didn't make the Alba Faye team, but I got to mention his name after five sacks. And then a second guy, Roquan Smith, 44 fantasy points in our league. Uh, he didn't make the list either, but that's a pretty nice game. And he was one of my studs of the week. So what do you think of that list? Reddick, five tackles, no assists, five sacks. So his five tackles were all sacks. That's all he does is sack the quarterback. <laughs> that's probably why he was on uh, someone's bench in our league because he just he's a boom-bust guy, and boy, did he boom this week. All right, so moving on to DBs. Um, big list here, so I won't get into all their stats unless they had a really big play. The top three guys here all had an interception return for a touchdown. Cameron Curl went 76 yards. Kari Willis for Indianapolis. Uh, Cameron Curl was of Washington, by the way. Kari Willis for Indianapolis had a 50-yard interception return for a touchdown. Taron Johnson for Buffalo, he had a 51-yard interception return for a touchdown to go with their other stats. Then we got Antoine Winfield Jr., uh, he was in the running for our Defensive Rookie of the Year for Tampa Bay. He had 10 solos to go along with his other stats. Eric Rowe for Miami. Haven't had his name mentioned in quite a while, but he makes the Alba Faye team. Jeremy Chin, our Rookie of the Year defensive. Uh, then Mike Hilton. He kind of dropped off the radar, but he showed back with uh, his interception, his forced fumble, handful of tackles. Jamal Adams, he's kind of a super stud. Byron Jones for Miami. Man, that Miami defense. What'd they get? Three interceptions off of um, Kansas City's Mahomes? Yeah. Wow. Crazy. So Miami's got a pretty good defense. Jordan Poyer, he's kind of a, a regular mainstay on our You're the One list. And then finally, Marlon Humphrey, who's also been pretty good all year. So pretty big DB list, but a lot of names that you recognize. What do you think of them? I like them. I mean... There's not much not to like when they're pretty consistent being on that list all the time, you know. Yep. Most of these guys we've talked about a lot. Taron Johnson, uh, haven't talked about him a lot. And Kari Willis, I think he's had a couple of big games, but not super consistent, but had a pretty good game this week. Yeah. So that is both oh, go ahead. in the top 20. I said they're both in the top 20 in our DB list. So not bad. Yeah. That's. See, I think talking about these guys and having them on your team is two different things, I'm realizing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need to get more of these, these Al Buffet guys on my team next year. All right, so that's it for our Al Buffet team. Uh, pretty good pretty good names, pretty consistent names. And that is our week 15. So only a couple of weeks left to go for Al Buffet if people want to make the list. So do you want to start us off with some waiver wire pearls of the week? Yep. Um, going into D-line, I kind of really looked at matchups, and I really wanted to put a young guy on there that aren't very much owned. So, Nahabedin Sue, Tampa Bay, 21% owned, but he's got Atlanta, Detroit, and Atlanta again. Great Ooh. matchups coming up. And then Yanaki Naku from Jacksonville. I mean, Ngakwe. yeah, Yannick. 48% owned, you know, but he's got Jacksonville the Giants and Cincinnati coming up, you know, so great matchups there. And then the last guy, Sweat, who's been on this list for a while, still only 51% owned, and he's a second-year player, and he's got Seattle, Carolina, and Philadelphia coming up. Is that Montez Sweat? 
Yep, Montez okay, Sweat. Because the other sweat is Josh Sweat, but Montez Sweat is is coming. Like this last four games, he's done pretty good. Maybe not you know big scoring on all of them, but man, he's looked good. He didn't make my list because I kept my number below fifty percent for defense. So, do you have any more to add, or should I do mine? Nope, that's that's all I have. My top three. All right, I kind of went young, young as well to some degree. So, Quinnen Williams for the Jets, thirty-six percent rostered. He has three sacks in the last four games and eleven solos in the last three games. So, he's starting to be fairly consistent now. Leonard Williams for the Giants. He's only thirty-five percent rostered. Eight and a half sacks on the year. And every game is going to be a big game for the Giants because that division is still really, really close. <laughs> so all these NFC East teams, uh, especially the Giants and Washington, I think those are your front runners. Maybe Philly has a chance. I think Dallas is done, but we'll see. And then I've got Sam Hubbard for Cincinnati, uh, 28% rostered. He's averaging over four solos per game over the last four weeks, but he's only got one sack on the year. So he's not a big Big play guy, but pretty good consistency guy. And then uh, finally, Kerry Hyder for San Francisco, 42% rostered, seven and a half sacks on the year, and he faces Dallas and Arizona over the next two weeks. And Dallas is having more offensive line problems, so we'll see how he finishes out his year. But that's it for my D-line. Perfect. Going into linebackers, a guy who's been here before, K.J. White, K.J. Wright for Seattle, 44% owned. He's got Washington, the Rams, and San Francisco coming up. This guy, I think he's got in because of an injury. Carter Coughlin for the Giants, 0% owned. Had a pretty decent showing, and he's got Cleveland, Baltimore, and Dallas. And I believe he's a rookie going into the um, going coming in the season, and then the young guy I think could be a stud, possible keeper for keeper league guys. Jermaine, Jermaine Baker, Miami, fifty-two percent owned, third-year player. Mm. Yeah, he was on my bench, three. so he hasn't been playing well the last couple of games. So I finally benched him, and he goes off for two and a half sacks. All right, <laughs> I have uh, Tyrell Adams, who I've been kind of big on since McKinney went down. He's forty-one percent rostered. He's consistent. Uh, he might not be getting a lot of sacks and a lot of big plays, but double-digit scoring since he took over for Bernard Rick McKinney. Uh, Nicholas Morrow, really big on this guy, Las Vegas linebacker, 24% rostered. He's averaging 22 fantasy points per game over the last five weeks in our scoring system. Ooh. So Nicholas Morrow's a pretty good stud. He's, and only 24%, so he's widely available. And then how can you not pick us on Reddick? Five sacks. <laughs> 16% rostered in our in our site. So I I don't expect that big of a game, but he does play Philadelphia, who tends to give up a lot of sacks. So I, I say he gets at least one more this week. So that's it for my linebackers. All right. Going into DBs. A lot of them, and one of our guys on You're the One list is still highly available, Jonathan Abram of Vegas, 34% owned, you know. I'm a big fan of Kenny Moore for Indianapolis at 24% owned, and he's a top 10 DB in our scoring system. And then the last one, only because of matchups coming up, Dre Kirkpatrick for Arizona, 2% owned, but he's got Philadelphia, San Francisco, and the Rams coming up. Not bad. And you get some, maybe San Francisco might run a little more, but those other teams are going to pass. Well, I have, uh, I mean, one of uh, 
one of my standouts as rookie of the year on the defense side, Cameron Curl for Washington. It's, it's actually hard to believe that he's this widely available still. He's averaging six <laughs> solos a game over the last six weeks. Plus, he's got a couple of sacks in there and a pick six. So Cameron Curl, 31% rostered. Jabril Peppers for the Giants. He's kind of slight right at my limit. He's 51%, so he's not super widely available. But he's a great consistent. He has great consistency over the last eight weeks. And then I added uh, Adrian Phillips for New England. He's another super consistent scoring guy. Um, again, not going to get the big plays, but he's going to get a lot of tackles. And then Rayshon Jenkins for the Los Angeles Chargers. 20, 20% rostered. And, you know, he's, again, these are kind of, you know, looking, looking at the bottom of the barrel, not really the bottom, but looking down a ways to get some kind of points if you need it, but he's a decent scoring option if all the top guys are gone, but that's it for DB. So I guess we got the dark side. Do you want to take us to the other? Yeah. I really thought you were going to bring up Mike Hill and Beanie came out of nowhere again. You know, the, the, the <laughs> problem with Mike Hilton, I great, great player, good stud, but that, he got, I don't know if he got burnt by the tight end, but he basically tackled the tight end on a third and long play at the one yard line, got pass interference, and pretty much just gave the other team a touchdown. Well, maybe maybe they held him to a, a field goal on that drive, but he, I don't know, he's, you know, five, what, nine, trying to cover a big yeah. tight end. <laughs> so he was at a disadvantage. So I don't know what's going on there, but he did get an interception. Uh, I don't know if he's back to his old ways or not, but hopefully he is. And he's been dealing with an injury since early in the in the year. But I I need some more consistency, especially this time of year. If you put a boomer bust guy in and they bust, that could cost you your playoff game. Yeah, I agree. All right, going into quarterbacks. Uh, your boy you've been promoting the last two weeks, Mitch Trubisky, still only 31% on, but he's got Minnesota and Jacksonville coming up. You know, this one is more of a keeper in Tua, still only 48% owned. You know, young guy, keeper league, he's probably not available in those leagues, but he's still only 48% rostered. And I don't even know if I want to put this guy in the list, but Andy Dalton, 31% owned, but he's got Frisco and Philly coming up. Great matchups. So that's my top three. I only had a top two and you pretty much covered them. You know, I same note I had with Mitch Trubisky. He's got Minnesota Jacksonville the next two weeks and Andy Dalton, uh, the note I have on him, he's starting to realize that he's got some pretty good receivers there. So he might be coming around, but that's, you got me covered on quarterbacks. So as <laughs> well go on to uh, running backs. Yep. And they were a little tougher this week. I mean, I got to put a guy at 63% Gus Edwards. We've been talking about him, but Last two weeks, he's got double-digit points. He's got Jacksonville, the Giants, and Cincinnati coming up. Miami, um, running back, came back, had a good week, put on COVID, and then this guy, Lynn Bowden, came out of nowhere. Um, only 3% owned, but he had nine targets, seven catches, 82 yards. I mean, only PPR, you know, but still points. And then Tony Pollard of Dallas, 55% owned, you know, and him and Zeke seem like they're splitting the load right now, but that can change next week. And those yeah. are my top three. <laughs> it does seem like Pollard's getting a lot, lot more touches lately. And again, I mean, what does is, what is Zeke have to play for? I think Dallas, although they still have a chance, they're kind of on the outside looking in, I think. But you got me covered again, too. I had the Gus, Ed Gus Edwards. The only thing I don't like about him is it's a really crowded backfield and they've got a young rookie back there in Dobbins. So uh, Gus Edwards is kind of a risky play. I don't expect him to get all the carries in any game. 
And I really like that Lim, Lim Bowden Jr. that you mentioned, the rookie out of Miami. Uh, nine targets and seven for 82. So any time a running back gets nine targets, they're, they're intentionally trying to get the ball in his hands. So we'll see if that happens to be uh, their plan going forward. But I do like him probably better than Gus Edwards. But that's it for my running backs. Perfect. Going into wide receivers. Um, I'll just mention the guy from Denver, KJ Hamill. Yeah, I don't know if he'll ever do it again, but got to give the guy some a little sun on on his game. Um, number two, MVS of Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers is playing so good right now. Mm-hmm. Might as well get a piece of that offense, 47%. And this guy seemed to be on the list early in the season, every week, until he got hurt, Russell Gage, and he's back, 31% owned for Atlanta. Part of that is uh, Julio Jones didn't play. So if Julio Jones sits out again, Russell Gage is a really good play. But if Julio Jones comes back, that might hurt Russell Gage a little bit. So I have uh, – well, we've got three different receivers than you do this week. So the Denver receiver I went with is Tim Patrick. Uh, he looks to be finishing the year pretty strong, back-to-back games with a score, 69% rostered, so it's it's up there. But then I really like this rookie uh, for Buffalo, Gabriel Davis. Uh, again, he's kind of dependent on John Brown being out, but three straight games with three receptions and a touchdown, and his targets have been 4-4-8 four, four, and eight over the last three, so Gabriel Davis is starting to look pretty good. But again, not a lot of uh, share going his way, but I do like what he can do. And he seems to have some speed and the ability to catch. He just needs those long balls to be on target. They also have, uh, you know, Stephon Diggs there, which is pretty much 90% of all, all targets. And then uh, Cleveland's got uh, Rashard Higgins. He's 20, 20% rostered. Back-to-back games with six catches and a touchdown. And his targets over the last two games have been 9 and 10. So Rashard Higgins is a real steal out there at only 20%. And those are my three receivers. Perfect. Going into tight ends, uh, I got a quick question. Do you know who the NFL leader in receiving yards is right now? Uh, I do not know off the top of my head, but I can narrow it down probably to three or four. I think uh, you got to consider DeAndre Hopkins, although he's been sliding lately. Um, I don't think uh, like DK Metcalf, but he might be up there. Uh, Tyreek Hill for Kansas City. And Stephon Diggs for Buffalo are probably the ones I would go with. I think I would narrow it down to Tyreek Hill or Stephon Diggs. And probably based on my last comment and the timing of this question, I'd have to say it's Stephon Diggs. (laughs) Perfect. Well, I was wrong and you're wrong going into the tight end. It's Travis Kelsey. Believe Uh it or not, I can't remember the last time a tight end has led the league and he is so far above. He's so great though. I mean, actually he's so great on my tight end waiver wire list. I put Travis Kelsey on there as my number one pickup this week, even though he's a hundred, hundred percent roster. Everybody. I mean, there's, if, if Travis Kelsey is actually available in any league, it would be amazing. It'd be one of those somebody's done and they just dump their players type of thing. Yeah, but I, I put him on as a joke. <laughs> well, and when I saw it, I was like, a tight end leading? Oh, my goodness. You know, we'll have to get into some MVP talk, but he's got to be considered. He's oh, yeah. been playing so well. But my top three are going to be 
Ivan Smith Jr., Minnesota, 11% owned, had another decent game. This guy out of Cleveland, I think it was just because the other guy was a late scratch, David Najuko. Oh, he's back. Like, That's good to know. Yeah. And then future Hall of Fame, Jimmy Graham of Chicago, 56%. Wow. I've got a different future Hall of Fame, Jared Cook out of New Orleans at 61%. Back-to-back games with three catches and a touchdown on five and four targets. So not a lot of passes going his way, but back-to-back games with a touchdown looks pretty good. And then this guy for Chicago, Cole Komet, 9% rostered. Back-to-back games with seven targets. So I like his target share. And then I also went with Irv Smith Jr. And, of course, Travis Kelsey at 100% rostered. (laughs) 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 You have to beg, borrow, and steal to get Kelsey on your team. Do it. (laughs) Perfect. Going into the kicking game, you know, our favorite topic of the day. I couldn't believe this guy made the list. Mike Nugent. Didn't even know he was still in the NFL at under 0.2% owned. (laughs) But he's the new kicker for Arizona. Watch out. And then Joey Sile, Carolina, only 42%. And then Alex Smith has turned Washington into a huge where they're starting to score some points, Dustin Hopkins, 7% owned, but he's had six games in double digits. Wow. Yeah, that, that team's winning. So they're scoring, they're winning, but a lot of it's on defense. And we'll have to see, uh, you know, Alex Smith did hurt his leg in that last game. Uh, so uh, Dwayne Haskins came in to finish the game, but didn't really have to do much at that point. So they did say that Alex Smith should be fine. So we'll see how that works out this week. But I had a uh, Greg swear line for Dallas. Uh, so my biggest note on kickers this week is there's supposed to be some snowstorms in the Northeast this weekend. So I'm avoiding Dustin Hopkins of Washington at all costs because <laughs> it might be one of those games where they have to take out the snow plows just to even get the kick off. So I don't like any, any kicker that's outdoors in the Northeast at all this week. Uh, but Greg Zuerlein plays in a dome in Dallas, down where it's nice and warm. And he's only 34% rostered. His last two weeks, or his next two weeks, you know, last two of the playoffs, I guess, are both at home in Dallas. So got to love that. And then I also went with Mike, Mike Dungeon because he's got two straight games in Arizona. So again, down where it's nice and warm, indoors. And Mike Nugent was four of four field goals and two of two extra points in his first game this year. So he hasn't missed a single kick all year. (laughs) And, you know, I like those 100% guys. So, But, yeah, really watch the weather in that Northeast because if you have somebody up there, even in New England, maybe in Washington, and it's snowing, your kicker's not going to have a great game. That's it for my kickers, though. Man, that was a big yawn. I agree with you there. So I want to get into a little MVP talk with you. So what it usually goes to quarterbacks, right? It does, but unfortunately. Travis Kelsey's dominating at his position, you know, is looking good. Do you even consider him? I do just because it's rare, right? Like Just, just like you said, it's, it's almost always a quarterback. It's even rare to get a wide receiver, but a tight end that good – how can you not consider them? So I think he should be in the running and probably a top notch in the running. Um, looking at the numbers, so DK Metcalf, I didn't actually think he was this high. He's second in receiving Number yards. two, yeah. yeah. And then Diggs at third and Tyree Kill at four. So I was, I was on some of these guys, but didn't even consider Kelsey. And that's the problem. That's why we need 
a tight end to win the league MVP is because people <laughs> don't realize this guy is why Kansas City is good, really. He's Mahomes' favorite target. He leads the league in reception yards by about 70 yards. His <laughs> average might not be the great, and he doesn't lead the league in touchdowns, but, you know, 90 of 120 targets. He doesn't even lead the league in targets. I think nope. Stephon Diggs has a lot more targets than him, and Keenan Allen leads the league in targets, just not as many yards. Yep. So He's got 120 compared to Keenan Allen's 144. And Keenan Allen only doesn't even have a thousand yards yet. He's no. only at nine seventy-five. So, yeah, I think I think you have to consider him. So, outside of Travis Kelsey, let's say he's in the top three of the vote. Do you have uh, two more that you like at MVP? Well, with the way Aaron Rodgers is playing this year, come back, you know, people like that big story. So, Aaron Rodgers is probably up there. And my guess is probably Mahomes. You got it. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes you have to have up there, I was going to say. Just based on his touchdown-interception ratio, his sheer amount of yards, which apparently a lot of those go to Travis Kelsey, but there's still (laughs) plenty to go around to the receivers there too. His quarterback rating, I think, is right around at the top. It's not the top. It's actually Aaron Rodgers with a higher quarterback rating. QBR, it's also Aaron Rodgers over Patrick Mahomes but they're neck and neck there. So, but the, uh, the only issue with Rogers is, you know, he's not getting, I think he's like five, almost 600 yards below Patrick Mahomes, but they're both, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, four interceptions on the year with 39 touchdowns, Patrick Mahomes, five interceptions on the year with only 33 touchdowns. So if you're looking at touchdowns and interceptions, it's Aaron Rodgers. If you're looking at other places, it's Patrick Mahomes, but those two, I think you have to talk about. Yeah, and less talent for Rodgers to play with, you know. So, oh, yeah, that's true. But he does. I mean, he's got one of the greatest receivers, though, in um, yeah. Adams, Devontae Adams. Adams. Yeah. But Tyreek Hill, Stud, yeah. Travis Kelsey, and then uh, it's hard. I mean, Rodgers is doing it with less talent is all I'm going to say. What about uh, running backs? Do you like any of them in the conversation for NFL MVP? <laughs> I mean, Derrick Henry, right? Yeah, he's a beast, but yeah, I'm I'm not going to consider any of them as much as I should. I'm just, I like Kelsey. He's going to be my wild card and I'd give him my vote, but it's hard not to go with Henry or Dalvin Cook. <laughs> yeah. If you're talking about running backs, there's only three running backs over a thousand yards. And two of them, you just mentioned Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook. The third one is actually kind of a surprise. It's James Robinson, Robinson of Jacksonville. He's the third running back to actually go over 1,000 yards already this year. So he's kind of like a name that nobody talks about, but I can't consider him for the, uh, the MVP. I mean, Derrick Henry has 1,500 yards, so almost 500 yards more than James Robinson. Okay, not that we're prepared, but he is a rookie. Do you consider him rookie of the year, or do you like – Justin Jefferson, who's over a thousand yards receiving, like ranked like number seven in yards. Depends on how much you look at the how good the team's doing because Jacksonville is doing horrible, even though they've got this pretty good running back who nobody talks yeah. about, right? I mean, you maybe hear him in fantasy circles, but you don't see too much on like ESPN, Sports Ben, or any of that about James Robinson. 
and you know Justin Jefferson hasn't got a lot of got a love a lot of love either. So that's kind of tough. No. I I would not say the Kansas City rookie. Um, uh, who's their rookie Hilaire? running back? Yeah, Edwards Hilaire. I don't think he would be in the running. So I think you kind of narrowed it down to two to consider: Justin Jefferson and uh, James Robinson. But I I kind of like James Robinson. I mean, a, a thousand rushing yards versus a thousand receiving. Yeah, the only other two I think you can consider is Antonio Gibson of Washington, who's been hurt. Yeah, unfortunately, he got been hurt. Pretty good, and then Joe Burrow of Cincinnati, quarterback, but it's been hurt. So, what about I the can... LA quarterback, uh, Urbear? Oh yeah, you know I bet he ends because they always give it to the quarterback. Yeah, but so. you know he's he's fallen off. In fact, I think Joe Burrow might even have more. No, he doesn't have more yards than him, does he? Yeah, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm going to give it to Jeff. You're right. I don't even know how I over – that's why I don't play offense, I suppose. <laughs> I don't play defense. I'm just terrible. Yet, Herbert is going to be the offensive rookie of the year. I pulled up his numbers, and he's just shy of 3,500 passing yards. Um, his touchdown-to-interception ratio is two, two and a half to one, so 25 touchdowns to 10 picks, it's, which isn't too bad. His rating is under 100, but it's close, 94.7. And his QBR is 66.6. So not bad. Uh, he's not getting the wins. And I think quarterbacks are judged a lot more on wins, but even though it's a team sport. So it's tough. I think uh, if I were to give a, a rookie of the year offensive-wise, I think I actually I would lean James Robinson. Okay. Even though I don't yeah. think that'll be there. And my overall offensive player of the year, I agree with you. I mean, Travis Kelsey won't get it, but I think he deserves it. And <laughs> I would love to see someone like a tight end get MB- NFL MVP. So, yeah, but I agree I think with you. I think it will most likely go to uh, Aaron Rodgers because I think he's actually done a little bit better than Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Well, it's a defensive show. Yep. Not that it won a win MVP, but defensive MVP. I was looking at this earlier and it's like, do you give it to a defensive lineman? Do you give it to the linebackers who outscore everybody, but they're just not very, no, not a sexy pick, you know? You have any big guys you would look at? Well, I, I couldn't have a list without Aaron Donald on there. I yep. think he's when just the word most valuable player, right? <laughs> you kind of want him on your team. So I think he looks pretty good. Um, I do like Jordan Poyer for Buffalo and Roquan okay. Smith for, uh, for Chicago. They're both looking pretty good. I think um, I've always liked James Bradbury, the juice. I don't yep. think he would be in the running, but he would be up there. And, you know, if you look at just pure interceptions, Xavier Howard is – I mean, nine interceptions in, what, 14 games, 13 games mm-hmm. with the buys. So, I mean, that's that's pretty impressive to be that close to one interception per game. Uh, so I think I, I would look at those three guys, um, Aaron Donald, Xavier Howard, Roquan Smith, and Jordan Poyer. So I guess I have four, four names there. Okay. Um... JPP is actually the highest defensive lineman score above Aaron Donald, but I'm with you. You know, it's like Aaron Donald is most definitely, and Smith out of Chicago, 
really, you know, I like TJ Watt because, you know, defense, you know, is right there. But I went with the guy you said from Buffalo, DB, Jordan, just because he's been so consistent. Jamal Adams, too, but he's missed a few games. Yeah. Um, but he's he's been impressive when he plays, so I think I'd have to consider him. But I think the, the games that he missed uh, were enough to lower his stat lines where he's just not up there. But I think Jamal Adams set some kind of record for uh, sacks by a defensive back. Yes, so he did. <laughs> that, uh, that's, that's kind of a big deal. Uh, and then I like the pass defenses, too, so. That's why I really like James Bradbury, but actually Carlton Davis has more solos and more tackles than, uh, than James Bradbury. And they both have the same PDs. The problem with that is they got, you know, 17 pass defenses, but zero sacks, right? You kind of want to at least get a couple of those and your guy, Kenny Moore, he's probably <laughs> the highest pass defense guy with a sack, but he's only got one. So yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's a tight running. Um, Maybe I'm biased to Jamal Adams because he's on my fantasy team. But so, do you? Can you narrow it down and just pick one? Yeah, I would go with Jordan Pryor. I think that's a pretty good bet. He's got two sacks on the year. He's second in the league in solos, according to ESPN's site. (laughs) Two interceptions, five pass defenses, two forced fumbles. I mean, he does a little bit of everything. So i I think that's a that's a pretty good pick too. I think if I narrowed it, I'm trying trying to narrow it down bit by bit. Him and Aaron Donald. Yeah, uh, I'd probably rather have Aaron Donald on my team, but if you're just giving out awards for performance this year, it's hard to overlook Jordan Poyer. He almost got in a fight on a like kickoff play or something last week where he uh, a guy tried to hurdle him. <laughs> he wasn't having it, so he grabbed him by the legs while he was hurdling him, threw him down on his head, and then almost started a whole team fight after that because they were all uh, having a good time. Anyway, not bad. I do I do like those guys. So offense, did you pick a, an offense? MVP? Offense? I, Kelsey, I huh? want Kelsey. He's my boy. I think I'm with you there. Sure. <laughs> I mean, it's it won't go to him because of Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes, but I'm voting uh, the same as you. And on defense, I think we're both going Jordan Poyers. So I think that's a, a fair deal. And offensive rookie of the year. That's the tough one. I think I was going to go with the the running back, uh, James Robinson for Jacksonville. Because even yeah. though their team's doing lousy, he's having a really good good uh, season on a bad team. Yeah, and now you know why they got rid of Fournette, Mr. Foreplay. All right. Well, I wasn't expecting to do all of our uh, MVP voting this year, but this was a great time to do it. And... Uh, maybe we can influence the real voters on on how they vote for Pro Bowls and MVPs this year. <laughs> I agree, Kelsey. Right. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget Kelsey. I mean, if you look at Kelsey's like last five years, he's been doing this every year. I mean, it's I think he's one of the only tight ends to always go over a thousand yards, or maybe it was twelve hundred each of his years played. There might be one year back in there where he didn't, but. It's a it's an amazing history and an amazing player. So it's hard not to give it to him the way he's been pretty much the number one tight end for so long. All right. Well, uh, without uh, further ado, I guess I better give out our email address. And then unless you have anything else, we'll, we'll end the show. So it's idpbuffet at gmail.com. That's idpbuffet at gmail.com. Feel free to send us uh, 
anything you want, even if you hate our MVPs or if you are mad that we overlooked your favorite player, that's fine too, because sometimes we overlook good players, especially those that get safeties like DeForest Buckner. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's it for me. So unless you have anything, let's, uh, let's get out of here. All right, talk to you later, kiddo. All right.